running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I just, we can't wait to get to game day, right? We can't wait to get to the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Thanks for joining us, everybody. JT Today, it's hour number two on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Steph McKenzie from 97 won the point. In a few moments, uh, Golden Knights lose last night. The Hurricanes controlled the play. They ended up winning that game as hockey and Vegas goes hand in hand. And other teams come in here now and they want to beat them. A big weekend in sports again here in Vegas. Another entertainment stress test. Friday night, I'll be at T-Mobile Arena for UNLV basketball. Coaches versus cancer. They're going up against Michigan, ranked number four in the country. Big game. T-Mobile. And if you're a Rebel fan, should come out to that game for Kevin Kruger and help out and support the program. So that's a 9.30 tip on Friday night. Saturday night, I'll be ringside for Crawford Porter. The fight at Mandalay Bay, where fights used to always be at Mandalay Bay. Now they're going back there because of the venues and what's happening here at Allegiant Stadium. So we're going to be over there on Saturday night to see, I think, pound for pound, the best fighter in the world, Bud Crawford. So he's the best fighter in the world. He's fighting in Vegas Saturday night at Mandalay Bay. And then Sunday, we have a sold-out Allegiant Stadium as the Raiders are hosting the Bengals. So that's a pretty good weekend here in town, plus all the shows, all the concerts, all the restaurants, all the nightclubs, the dining, the pools, everything. So this is what we do in Vegas. Answer the bell. There's a lot happening in this town here. If you're coming from out of town, come see us at the Torch for the pregame show. Uh, we have Marcel Reese on every show. We had Jim Plunkett on last show. We have analyst insiders on. It's a lot of fun as everybody comes up the escalator, finds their way at the Torch, gets a beverage, listens to our show for a little bit. Take selfies with Eric Allen, and then we get you ready for game day, which is right around the corner. I opened up the show an hour ago simply saying, what do the Raiders have to do to get the offense going? What do they need to do to light a fire and get the offense going? I said up-tempo, no huddle, heavy dose of Waller. What do you think? Renee and Salinas, thanks for waiting over the top of the hour. Go ahead, Renee. Hey, JT, thanks for having me on. Um yeah, you hit it spot on. We got to come out fast. We got to come out. There's no, there's no room for error. I mean, you got to hit Waller. What happened to Waller? I, I, I don't even know. Does he still even play on the team? I mean, God, the guy's a beast. I mean, yeah, I understand. We, we can't. We don't want to force it to him, but we got to get him. Involved. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean we don't want to force it to him? That's what I've been talking about since the Baltimore game. You force him the football. You force you force him the football. You make him go become athletic. You make him dive. You make him jump. You make him come back to the ball. You better believe you forced the ball to Darren Waller in the prime of his career. Yes, yes. Not but not covered three, you know, not not covered yeah. by three three defenders. And and go deep. Go deep. You know, what do we got to lose? What do we got to lose? Just go deep. You got plenty of re- Renfro's our leading receiver. What does that tell you? We're dinking and diamond. We're dinking and diamond. We're being too predictable. We're being too predictable. It's it's killing us. Car Car got to step it up. Car, I mean, he is already, but just got to go more. You got Big Ben. 
diving in head first for his Steelers. Mm. You know, he can barely move. We got Carl over here sliding, you know. I mean, come on, man. We, we got to do it. You know, a lot of us, a lot of us are invested in this team. Everyone. It's a team effort. I get it. But, you know, hey, players got to make plays. And what do these other teams do? They make plays. Yeah, they do. You got, you, you got my homes doing acrobatic throws. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, Carr, be acrobatic. Let that for Vegas performers do that. But, hey, you're a football player, man. Suck it up. You're going to get, you know, buckling that chin strap. You're going to get hit hard, but make it worth it. Make them pay. Yep, I, I would make agree with pay. you. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. Got to run here. Waller, eight games played, 44 receptions, 71 targets, 494 yards, 11.2 average, 11.2, two touchdowns. Just two touchdowns for Darren Waller. That, that, that can't happen anymore. He's got to be averaging two a game the rest of the way if the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. And that shouldn't be hard. I mean, Rob Gronkowski is going to the Hall of Fame. He was double covered. He got the ball. Great tight ends. Travis Kelsey, Jason Witten. For years in Dallas, they got an opportunity to make plays. And I know Derek can get him the ball. You know, for the last caller who said and talked about, you know, Derek running more. Yeah, we, Derek needs to run more. He needs to be more productive in the running game when he has to run. If it's second and eight and nothing's open, he can run for 12 yards. He can do it. Now, are you concerned he's going to get hurt or hit? Yeah, that's, that's what quarterbacks do. They get hit. And they might get hurt. But it's part of being a quarterback. You slide. You get out of bounds. But you got to pick up first downs. Every third and seven can't be a 50-50 ball or a ball getting knocked down and the Raiders are out. Derek should be able to run for seven or eight yards on third down, especially if everybody's covered. Take off and run. Pick up the first down. Get a fresh set of downs. Stoner dude. Dude, always to hear from you, buddy. How are you? How you been? Oakland Raider wide receiver Tim Brown. You took me back to the old ticket 1050 days, JT. I tried I to. I tried. To Timmy back on the phone, man. Uh, JT, look, I, I, yes, desperation, that word gets used a lot right now. I'm not looking at it as desperation, JT. I'm looking at like a gut check game, a moment of truth where heroes and winners stand up to the moment. All right, Derek Carr, you've wanted the money. You want to be the, the, the respect of the elite quarterbacks of the NFL. And, and, JT, you know I've been back in Derek Carr ever since he's been here, and I still do. But, you know, these are the moments where uh, quarterbacks like Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers or even Patrick Mahomes, they make these games and they put it on their shoulders, regardless of who the coach is, regardless of the situation. They do it because they're winners. All right? We don't have Henry Ruggs anymore. He's gone. We got Zay Jones. We got Deshaun Jackson. Go deep. Stretch the field. Use them. Their football players are on your roster. You know who needs to be running more? The running backs. They need to run more, JT. We need more out of Josh Jacobs. I was comparing him to Marcus Allen a couple of years ago. That that type of talent, he has to play to that elite level. This is a chipping point game, man, because if we lose this one, I mean, we're going into Dallas on Thanksgiving. It's just going to get harder and harder. They have to win this game. You know, the, uh, one of my favorite movies, JT, is Animal House. And one of my favorite <laughs> quotes from John Belushi, Bluto, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. It's time to get going. Go Raiders. Stoner dude, thanks for calling in. Good to hear your voice again. No doubt about it. Animal House is one of my favorite movies, too. And I hope my sons are watching it in college. 
the way I did. Brought to you by Any Tires Plus, AnyTiresPlus.com, 350 North Boulder Highway. Right there, corner of Lake Mead and Boulder Highway. Why pay 20 or $30 for a smog inspection when you only pay $5.95 at Any Tires Plus? Right now, get $50 off of any new set of four tires. Tell them JT sent you. Just mention JT and you'll get the hookup. Like all my other deals here on the channel. The JT hookup. Ask for it. You'll get it. You'll get it right now at Any Tires Plus. AnyTiresPlus.com. Step McKenzie will join us momentarily. Looking forward to talking to her. Bringing her in for her passion. Before that, I bring in Passionate Raider. Go ahead. You're up next. Hey, what's up, JT? Man, Stoner, man, that was an awesome call, bro. That was that was straight up head on the hammer. But, JT, back to what's going to get these Raiders rolling and what's going to get these Raiders going. It all has to start with Derek Carr. Again, I'm going to beat this drum, and I'm going to beat it. I, I, I want to get one thing clear to you, JT. I don't hate Derek Carr, man. I really don't, man. But I cannot – watch him suffer to keep suffering year after year after year with the same thing because it don't matter if it's a defense one year it's the offensive line it's a, every year it's something but like that man said you got to take control and go get that first down be an Aaron Rodgers but not be a be Derek Carr but have that gut because if you're going to play scared you're going to get hurt get them just go get it Derek go get it and Waller JT I, I I've noticed Ever since Waller signed that deal with his new agency, he has not been the same Darren Waller. He hasn't been the same. There's been no, there's been no energy. But then again, you also got to look at the flip side, too. How burnt out is he of getting open and not getting the ball? Maybe he's to the point where he's been open so many times he's not getting it that he's just You're reaching, my friend. You're reaching, my I friend. Know, You're talking about Let his agent, him not being happy. Finish. There's nothing Let there. Darren Waller's Let in me. a good place. Come on. Let he was finish. out at Nellis Air Force finish. Base the other day helping out. He's, he's in a great place. Come on. You're better than Let that. Let me finish. Let me finish, though. But let's just roll back to this, JT. Let's get our mind. I found something good and positive to get my mind happy on the next couple days. Let's talk about these Golden State Warriors. First place, Steph Curry. Let, let's give them boys some love because they're really flying under the radar right, radar right now, not knowing. That team's balling. And I, and I say that to say this, JT. Steph Curry, has you've seen this man's career, been from what it is to what it is. It gets better and better and better and better and better every year to now look what he's doing. Why is Derek Carr still stuck in year two of his NFL career? Because yeah, I mean, JT, again, it doesn't you, you, matter. Uh, yeah, I got to run, my friend. You, you know, you make a – you make good points all the time, but, I mean, you're really reaching today on car comparison to Curry. Waller maybe not happy because of his – no, it's none of that. The guys are fine. They're in a good place. They're in a slump. they got to come out of it. they got to come out of a slump. Can't, can't we say that? Patrick Mahomes was in a three-week slump, and the sky was falling. He played the Raiders. He got back to basics. Is anybody talking about that in the, in the media? How did Kansas City get out of their slump? They were in a flat-out slump. How'd they get out of it? They got out of it by going back to basics. They ran the Raider playbook. The Raider playbook is to attack Jonathan Abram, go downfield, run misdirection plays, throw Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey open. That's it. That's what they did, and they did it with tremendous success. Now what do the Raiders need to do? Very easily. They need to run no huddle, up-tempo, overfeed Darren Waller, work play action, run the ball, a little bit. Run it. you got to run it. It's the NFL. You have to run the football. But this has to be a pass-first team 
that comes out with their strength and goes four wide. The more receivers they have in the route, the more difficult it is for the defense to read Carr. Because what Carr's very good at is he's very good when he has multiple receivers, four wide, finding the receiver who is open instantly because he can read a defense. He looks where the safeties are. He looks where the coverage is rolled, and then he'll go to the highest percentage play. Sometimes that's good because he hits guys that are wide open. Other times it's not good because he's not throwing it to Waller, and he's dinking and dunking underneath, and he's throwing it underneath. I mean, I better not see a third and ten in this game where there's a four-yard dump-off pass short of the first down. Are you all with me on that? A third and eight, third and ten, third and twelve. I talked about this with Jim Plunkett at length. Third and 12 isn't third and 30. On third and 30, yeah, you can dump it off for five yards and punt. On third and 12, run a bleeping 15-yard out route or a 15-yard in route. You have that play in your arsenal. The Raiders shouldn't throw underneath, hoping that someone can break a tackle and get a first down. Doesn't happen with this team. Throw the ball to the sticks, get a flag, get a flag, or get a first down on a reception, then punt. No, no dinking and dunking underneath. It's over. Teams five and four, they have to win. There's no more throwing underneath, hoping someone breaks a tackle. That doesn't happen around here much. Throw it to the change, get someone a first down, and get a free three fresh downs. And when you get that first down, sprint up to the sprint up to the ball and run another play. That's it. And they're going to do it. I'm, I'm pretty confident. If I'm talking about it, they're going to do it. Because I'm not a coach, and I'm not as smart as these guys. It's pretty obvious to all of us that's what they need to do. It's all we've been talking about for three weeks. Jay's in Vegas. What's going on, Jay? Hey, what's up, JT, man? I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. Um, look, man, I, I, I second everything you said just right now, and especially in your, mon- in your monologue. Mm-hmm. This, this game really concerns me a lot because I look at these two teams that are about to play this Sunday, and I look at the game that they played a few years ago. And I sat there at that Las Vegas ballpark, and the Raiders mm. at the time were looking really good. And right. they struggled to get rid of that team. I mean, it took Max Crosby four sacks and an interception late to put this team away. And when I look mm. at both teams today, I look at the Raiders as almost the, like really no improvement. Mm. And I see the Cincinnati Bengals as a much, much better team, especially with uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, the way they've been playing. So I'm really concerned, but it doesn't mean that I don't think that this team uh, can, can't, you know, the Raiders can't beat the Bengals this Sunday. And I, I, I'd have to disagree with what passionate Raiders said respectfully about with uh, Darren Waller. Look, we're, the, the two games that they won uh, after the John Gruden situation, they're running the same plays. Mm-hmm. The playbook hasn't changed. What, what has changed is that they're just simply not executing. I mean, they just really need to hunker down and make everything simplify everything and get back to that rhythm, get back to that rhythm that they had offensively, you know, and, and, and I think good things can happen if they do that. I mean, they're just, they're just off a little bit. They have, they have to get that rhythm back. Um, as far as offensively going into this game, uh, I, I, I'll be honest with you, JT, I want to see, I want to see Kenya Drake start. He's showing me a lot more uh, the way he is running and his body and his body language. It's just, it, it it's showing me more than what Josh Jacobs is is giving me uh as far as uh uh, uh Derek Carr um you know look it all it all starts with him I would like to see him roll out more and mm-hmm. open up these passing lanes and and make that pocket a little bit more fluid to kind of help out 
our offensive line a little bit and open up p- different passing lanes. I would like to see, you know, four wide and get Drake in there and line him up as a fifth receiver. I mean, you have to really go all out. I'm looking at this as a must-win game. You know, so am I. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you got it. You really have to, you know, so, show some kind of diversification. Got it. Got to run, my book. friend. You got it all in there. You got it all in. Stay on hold. Bobby, uh, hook him up with a $50 Grimaldi's gift card. Grimaldi's the best pizza I ever had. Five locations in the Valley. I go to the one in Boca Park. I get the Brooklyn Bridge pizza. Bring the salads home. It's fantastic. Go to Grimaldi's. Proud partner of our show. Limon in Henderson. I got time for you before Steph McKenzie. Go ahead. JT, JT, what's up, brother? Listen, man, I told Bobby, hopefully he don't hang up on me. But, man, I'm going to tell you something, man. Carr, we're getting the same thing we've been getting for the past four years. You know, I'm going to tell you, know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I like the way you talk. You know, you're the man. You're the leader of this station. But you're showing me. You know how to talk. And you've been doing it year after year. Everything that you said about Carman, he hasn't shown me much. And this is the time. I understand what happened with John. I understand what, what happened, uh, happened with Brock. But you know what? That's, that's the past. This game at home is dramatic. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's whether we make it or we're done. You know? I understand. You know, I'm still dying with 10 and 6, you know, 11 and, and, and 5. Mm-hmm. But this game is going to have to show it. The only guy. To be a leader and for you to listen, you got to show up first. You know, he's, he's got a girl, like you said, some cojones. Get up there. Get it done. And people's going to follow you. All now, right, my friend. If you he, keep, he hold, is, on, hold on. Hold on. One more thing. But, if you keep, but, but if you keep doing the same thing you're doing, I'm going to tell you something, man. We got this guy, Waller. Man, he's going to be walking around, man. Thank you for the time, JT. Talking yeah, thank you. Too. Derek Carr is meeting the media right now at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. After that, uh, Rich Passaccia. So we'll have some of that sound coming up. I either want to play coach in its entirety or a nice chunk of Derek Carr uh, coming up here in a little bit. So stick around for that. Uh, that's also on the Raiders' social media. If you follow the Raiders on their YouTube channel or Twitter or Facebook, and I'd like you to listen to me. And what we have planned up, but you could have that on too. JT with you, Steph McKenzie, the great rock jock. Want to talk to her. Her favorite player is Alec Ingold. And Alec Ingold that's gone for the year with an injury. I'll ask Steph about that, and she'll get us back into the mood of winning. I promise you next. Second down and goal from the Chiefs' six-yard line. Carr back into the gun. Edwards reappears. He's off to the left. Jacobs is the running back. Jacobs gets play fake, throw back to the end zone, right side, jump, jackpot, baby! Hunter Renfro! Like hearing that from the godfather, Brent Musburger, JT, uh, tomorrow at Allegiant Stadium, state championship games. For high school football, I wish I could make it over there. The Meadows versus Yerington, I believe. Class 5A, Bishop Gorman versus McQueen. Class 4A, Silverado versus Shadow Ridge. And 3A, Moapa Valley versus Virgin Valley. Uh, one of the best memories I've ever had in my life. My son, his senior year, Bishop Gorman. Uh, second string backup O-lineman 
won a state championship, played the whole second half of the game, had the time of his life, went on the field afterwards, taking photos out at the Silver Bowl. So proud of my son for being on that state championship team, got a ring. Very proud moment as a mom, my wife and me as a dad, and now they're playing at Allegiant Stadium for their state championship games. How cool is that? As I bring in the queen of the Raider Nation, the elite rock jock, Steph McKenzie, because you know I need you. It's big time now. I'm not saying it's desperate, but you feel like it's must win, don't you? I think it's all win, and not just <laughs> being desperate, but we have to win everything. And, JT, i got to say, on Monday, you know, it goes back to being the ultimate Raider fan, and you know this, and we've talked about this. Man, I was in a funk on Monday. I get losing, but that hurts. That, that still hurts a little bit today. It should. I mean, that was a bad game, as you know. There were too many Kansas City fans in the building. It was a no-show. They got smoked in the game, and they would have been in first place if they won the game. So that was a big deal. And your guy, Alec Engel, your favorite player got hurt. He's gone for the year. How are you handling that? Well, first of all, I just want to wish him lots of get well quick. And knowing him, he's almost like a Superman. And the biggest reason why I say that, we've talked about it before, he's adopted, my kids are adopted, he's sent wishes to my kids. He just has this aura about him. He's done a lot in this community, and he works hard on and off the field. He's just a a pillar of a man, a a young kid that does so many great things. And I really feel that he's going to bounce back quicker than the normal, honestly. I think he is a little superman. I agree with you. He's a really big part of special teams. He's a leader in the locker room. He's a really important part of this team, and I think he'll be a coach. I really do. I think he's going to be a coach on the sidelines and be one of those guys that fires everybody up. You know, as Cincinnati comes to town here, the Raiders, Steph, as I said, for the last nine quarters, they haven't scored more than seven points in a quarter, and they've been shut out three quarters in their last nine. What are you seeing? It just doesn't look like Derek's finding Darren Waller enough, and they're not attacking, and it seems like they're too slow getting the play in and too slow getting out of the huddle. I want to see more speed and up-tempo. How about you? Well, I'm with you on all of that. We've got to bring that game, like, go, go, go. Like, not a sense of craziness or, oh, my God, we got to win like that. But, like, we got to win. But I also think that you got to look at everybody on that team and not – I get it, Carr's our leader, he's our quarterback. But if he doesn't have an O-line protecting him, what is, what's he going to do? I mean, mm-hmm. Crosby has to look at his team members and go, guys, we got one job. Anybody else want to work with me? Yeah, you're right about that. I think the penalties for Leatherwood, some of the mistakes they're making in the red zone. Max Crosby has got this unbelievable grade at Pro Football Focus, and he's trying to, you know, will this team on defense. So is Yannick Ngakwe. But it's now time for the stars. Steph, that's what I've been saying all week. I think it's important that at this point in time, the stars got to bail this team out. And for me, the stars are Max Ngakwe, uh, Carr, Waller and Renfro. It's unfortunate that I can't say Jonathan Abrams a star. I cannot say that Corey Littleton is a star. I can't say this about these guys. There's only a handful of players that play at that Pro Bowl or borderline level. They got to be called on to step up and carry this team. Well, it's almost like they're in quicksand, and I'm with you on that. I wish I could say Abrams was the one that I could call on because remember when he got drafted and Mm -hmm. we were up in Canada, that was my 
my player that year. I was like, oh, he's so great. Look at him and everything. And now it's like he's, he's it's, I don't want to say slowing up because I hate throwing that out there and jinxing it. You know how I am. But he's just not on his game. And I'd love to see Jacobs do more. But I just think that him being hurt and all the injuries and just coming back as slow as he did, it's going to take a long time for him to come back. All right, on some fun notes here, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. I know you do food jives. You're really active in the community. Thanksgiving's going to jump on us really quick because we got that game on Sunday, back to work on Monday, and then a short week as the Raiders are in Dallas taking on the Cowboys. What's yes. happening in the community? What are you guys doing on 97-1 The Point? Well, JT, I know I'm going to see you out at one of two days because not only is 97-1 The Point going to be teaming up with help of Southern Nevada mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving, dinner so we're looking for turkeys and smith has graciously helped we're going to be broadcasting live on friday and saturday the first one will be in henderson on warm springs and eastern and then on saturday we're going to be up in the northwest off of um, sky point drive and then Mm -hmm. comp is going to be the same locations they've teamed up with three square comp 92.3 the rock station in las vegas and they're going to be helping fill the food banks the really cool thing about this, JT, we've been hearing about all the supply issues and turkeys are going to be expensive. Smith and or slash Kroger, for those of you listening to other places, rolled out their ad today with your card at 69 cents a pound today. Nice. That is an unbelievable yeah. deal. Hey, I, wanted okay. to share with, I wanted to share with you, Steph McKenzie joins us, 97 won the point. I went and saw Sting at the Coliseum on Saturday yeah. night, and I'm telling you, I am telling you, I've been to hundreds upon hundreds of shows I can't even count. This is one of the greatest concerts I've ever been to because of the Coliseum, the sound quality. I felt like I was sitting in Sting's living room in London with a headset on in that same theater that Celine, Rod Stewart, Elton John had performed at. You've been there before. I was blown away with the show, how great he was. It was tremendous. That isn't the first show you've seen there, correct? No, I've seen shows there before, and, and the sound's been great. But I, I never felt this way at this show. He ju- it was the last night of his residency, and he came out, and when he was talking, he was loose and fun. And then it was one of the only times, too, Steph, that after a concert, I, I Googled everyone in his band. There was a father-son guitar player, uh, two, two guitar players, father-son, the drummer, and I started reading up about his band. They were that good, but I'm telling you, I know you love rock and roll, and... We've seen the police back in the day, but I wish it wasn't the last night of the residency. It was the first, because I would have told a lot of people to go after that. It was that good. Oh, yeah. We were giving away tickets. That is a great, great concert. You know, one of my other favorite ones was Elton John. And I think one of my favorites had to have been as well there, Lionel Richie. Don't make fun of me, but he was amazing. Oh, it's amazing. I was telling Jason Gathworth, Caesars Entertainment's president of entertainment, I told him about it afterwards. I was blowing up his phone, texting him because it was that good. Isn't it amazing when you, you know, we've seen some really good shows at Allegiant Stadium, Guns N' Roses. I thought the Stones sounded fantastic. It was great. But when you go see these arenas, and we have the sphere that's going to open up soon, but I'll tell you, I'll put, I'll put the Coliseum at Caesars up to any venue in the world for sound quality, and I just thought any show that goes there in the future, you got to find a way to get in there because it sounds that great. Well, our next date with you and your beautiful bride and DW and I will be at the Journey Residency at the Virgin because they're coming to town. All right, that sounds like a great night out with us. Good luck Sunday. Get us a win because if not, i got to do a week of just 
I feel like I'm in a fort and a bunch of Raider fans are climbing over the wall and they're looking to take me out and I'm looking I'm looking for snipers to protect me on beach. I mean, I am I am in it right now, Steph McKenzie. I need you as a co-host, but I think they're going to win the game on Monday. I think they're going to win the game and we're going to have a great Thanksgiving going into the Dallas game and see what happens there. Listen, Dallas fell apart two weeks ago. I'm hoping for that for Thanksgiving and we have to beat the Bengals and I think everyone needs to take a deep breath I know we're angry. I know there was a lot. You know, we're licking our wounds. But, man, today's a new day. We've got Sunday to look forward to. And like I always say before I let you go, keep your head up high and go Raiders. Steph McKenzie, thank you. 97 won the point. Listen to her show every morning. It's the best show in town. It's Fox and McKenzie do a great job, and I love listening to it. When I'm up, and I am up from time to time that early in the morning, she's a big part of what we do here. 702-365-9200. As we continue, we're going to try to bring you a chunk of Derek Carr next or Rich Basaccia, the head coach of the Raiders. Because I want to know what's happening. I was over in the building today in Henderson, but had to get back here for the show. Practice, what happened at practice. That's what's great about this flagship station. Q, who's also our program director, is always there. Vinny Bonsignor covers the team. He's always there. Ed Graney, you hear him on ESPN. He's always there. So you can always hear the coverage of the Raiders in practice and all the shows here on the lineup as we wrap it up next. Burrow back to pass, standing, looking, fires over the middle, caught for the touchdown. Jamar Chase with his second. And touchdown catch of the game, his fourth in three NFL games. He beat Joe Hayden, and the Bengals increased their lead. Watch out for that guy, Jamar Chase. He is something. He's come into this league, and he dominates. JT, back with you. Brought to you by Modelo, an official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders. Modelo Especial is brewed with time, effort, and determination to create the model Mexican lager. Everyone knows that hard work deserves a fitting reward. A Pilsner-style lager with a crisp, clean taste. Uh, Joining us right now, let's get to Derek Carr, who spoke a few moments ago. We talked to Derek Carr as he was live at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. But there's still, what, seven, eight games left to play, I think it is, um, which is a lot of season left to play. And is that kind of the focus where, no matter what's happened, there's still – Plenty of time to get back on track and be where you need to be when you need to be there. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely is. Um, and, and without getting into detail, I mean, you watch the tape the last two weeks and we see, okay, this is what we need to do. Boom, that and that. And you see it and then you, know, you try and rep it. You try and replicate it in practice and um, be better in certain ways uh, and things like that. So the message to the team was simple is we got to keep doing what we do. You know, um, you know it's one is five games. We, we definitely planned on having more than that, that's for sure. Um, but it's just, as Coach Del Rio, you say, that's what you've earned. You know, you are what you've earned in this league, and that's what we've earned. But what we've earned is a really close race, <laughs> you know. Um, there's a lot of teams sitting there with the same similar records and uh, uh, with a lot of those teams still on our schedule and some of those teams we've beat, you know. And so um, we know what's out in front of us, but most importantly, we know who's in front of us this week, and uh, they're a good team. Keep one eye on what else is going on in the AFC. I mean, and is that uh, after the games? You always do win or loss. You know, you're like okay, well, where are we at? You know, and then 
it's literally like 30 seconds, and you're like, okay, well, now I know, and here we go. And, uh, I mean, you see it you see it throughout, throughout the league, um, especially like the last two weeks, you know, you know, teams not having weeks they're, they're used to having or teams beating teams that usually wouldn't beat them and things like that. We saw it all the last two weeks. It's been really weird, actually. But it, what it's done is it's really kept everything close. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we got to go earn it. We got to go prove it. Um, it's not what we want. But uh, we definitely have the guys in the room to be able to do it. The way it's going on in the NFL, is there any way to kind of put a finger on the weirdness? Well, one, the NFL is designed for everyone to go 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, with the salary cap and the way things are set up, um, the rules on waiver wires and things like that. Um, you know, they, they they want everyone to be as equal as possible. You know, and then who wants to spend the money to do other things and all that kind of stuff, right? And uh, you know, trade draft picks away and all that. But you know, you see teams try and separate themselves, and you know, you see other teams go the other way, and it's just, um, you know, you know, me and Hunter, you know, talk about it all the time. You know, could, you know, a team, you know, the worst team in the NFL, you know, lose to a college team? I'm like, there's no way. You know, you watch. I mean, what was it last year? We almost lost to the Jets, and then you know they beat the Rams, who's a playoff team. Like, you know, we want to say what we want to say, but any given week, if their game plan is on and the, they do their right thing, everybody can play with everybody. You guys, um, you know, back to that hundred yard games on the ground, Eagles and, um, and Giants, and it came back again this week. So, when you look specifically at the run game, and maybe this week the score got out of hand, so you're not going to run it as much, but yeah. to find the consistency in it, what do you think needs to be done? Yeah, so, well, two things. We got to stay on the field in the first half. I thought the I thought the main point for us was the first half of that game. Um, especially in the past, we've been so good at starting fast, you know. And uh, for whatever reason, this year it just we just wait to get going late, you know. And uh, looking at why that is and how we can be better at that is one. If we stay on the field, you get more turns at it. The looks we we love the looks, you know. Uh, there were some great looks that we had and. Uh, some creases and things like that in the offense line, but especially with the way they they scored, um, then we turned the ball over. So then the score is what it is, and then the, you don't have the attempts and you don't have certain look. They're not playing the same defense as they would as if the game was the same, you know. And uh, you know when, when we came out in that second half, and we hit Deshaun. Uh, you know that felt like okay, we're going to score. And, and, and I think that I think you would have seen probably more of the balance, um, you know, in that aspect. If I'm honest. Derek, for those of you who have been on the team the last couple of seasons, what have you learned from things not you know going well towards the end of the season that you can apply and you know, try to avoid the outcome this season? Yeah, the the woe is me, guys showing up late to the building. Um, you know, oh, here we go again. That that kind of mindset. Um, and I think I, I think it was Josh or Paul. I can't remember who asked, but sorry for forgetting. But I remember saying that. This, these guys are different, you know. You know, why do I believe? Why do I think that we can finish better? This group is different, you know. I came in this morning, and um, you know, usually when I w in the past I would show up and I wouldn't see guys for a little while, you know. I show up in the morning and the guys are in there, you know. Guys are showing up. They're, they're we're walking at the same time, and it's not, you know. Pat Hill used to say, "Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed." You know, they're they're on fire, ready to go. Let's fix it, you know. Uh, no one wanted to go out. Trust me, we didn't do it on purpose. You know, we didn't go out there and you know lose to those guys the way we lost to them. You know, the last two weeks. You know, because we weren't trying. You know, like we've been trying. We've been trying to get it right. But but the thing that that separates this team, I think, is you did it. We did it twice in a row. And when we came in this week, everybody's like, "Nope, let's go." Whereas in the past, I would see some some of this falling off kind of stuff. And uh, that's just being honest, calling it calling it is what it is. All right, so that's Derek Carr. That's a chunk of him 
just moments ago as he talks about this team being different and what he sees here. I, I believe there's truth to that. I've been around this team a long time and, you know, going back to the Gannon years and other quarterbacks that I've seen when the team was out of it, certain guys were into it, others weren't. That happens all around football, all around football. You don't hold your blocks as longer. You don't work out away from the facility as hard as you used to. Just, you know the season's over. You know you're not going to make the playoffs, and you see the quality of play starts to decrease. That won't happen here. It can happen here. It can happen here going into the Bengals. I mean, this is the most important game of the year. This has to right the ship and get them to two games over 500, which is where they have to be. They have to live a couple of games over 500. It's got to start Sunday. So Derek just wrapped up, and now we can take the head coach of the Raiders. Here's Rich Basaccia. Uh, good afternoon. Happy to answer any questions you may have. Rich, you saw uh, today put Tyree Gillespie on injured reserve. Do you think that'll be a three-week situation? Or We're actually hoping it's just three weeks. He's got a little bit of a ham. Um, it's a little more than a little bit of a ham. Uh, struggled with a little bit of the workout um, yesterday. We tried to get him going a little. So we need the spot. Obviously, if he's not going to be able to play for a few weeks, and we already lost him for last week. So we're hoping it's just a three-week deal. And then we also saw uh, Roger Teamer back today in practice. Do you feel like he's ready? Yeah, well, he started his 21-day period today. So we got him a bunch of reps, and we'll kind of evaluate as the week goes on. But thought he had a good practice today. Rich, you've been doing this a long time at this level. Um, you look around the league, and there's just – as Derek kind of said, there's a lot of weirdness going on um, in terms of it's like a week-to-week proposition, and you don't quite know what you're getting from a lot of different teams. Is there something that you can put your finger on or why that might be? Is this just an outlier year, or is it just how competitive this league really is? Yeah, no, I mean, I was in the NFC East for a long time. We know what that looked like, right? So it's, it's really a, it's a week-to-week league. And I think if you get caught up spending too much time in the microscope, what's to come and what's down the road and how can we get there, I, I think you can get lost in the te- – the, I mean, if you spend too much time in the telescope, you can get lost in, and the microscope is really what you want to pay attention to. So I think the league is exactly what they want it to be. It's, there's a lot of parity in there. There's a lot of quarterbacks playing well in the league. Um, there's a lot of people running the ball well certain weeks and then the run gets stopped certain weeks. So I, I just – we're trying to focus on week to week because I think things, they change, right? Who, who thought was going to happen to us on Sunday and then who thought was going to happen to um, L.A. on Monday? So I just think we all look at it as a week to week league. Yeah, um, Rich, Derek, I'd asked him about scoring for starting fast and then and then ran some numbers by him over his career. And he's like, yeah, the percentages are out there, but he also looks at the fact that the Raiders have always been a great fourth-quarter comeback town team. That's fine, but reality is teams that are scoring first have a greater winning number. Are you placing an emphasis on getting a faster start? I've noticed that, that since you were leading Philadelphia 33, I think 14, you guys have been outscored. Have you identified what's going on with the offense and maybe placing an emphasis on what needs to be done in the first quarter? Well, I think both sides of the ball. We talk about starting fast and finish faster. You know, everyone has different vernacular, but that's kind of how we talk about it. That's what we preach to our team. And in the games that um, we've started fast, we've been in position to have a chance to win them in the end. And the games we haven't, lately, we're struggling, you know, getting ourselves back in the game in the fourth quarter. So, um, you know, I look at last week's game. We did a, didn't play very well, obviously, with those drives in the in the first half, and then we gave up some long drives. Um, but we also came back and had a big explosive play to go down there and, and score to start the second half. And um, 
and then it got flipped around again. So, yes, we'd love to start fast, and we'd love to finish faster, as I'm sure every team in the league would be. So we try to do things in practice to hopefully give us a chance to do that as the game goes on, um, the way we schedule and, and uh, do some of the things in practice. But sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. So you have to play with the hand you're dealt as you get going into the game, you know? We, we know your background. Uh, obviously, a lot of special teams run special teams here, and you've done it for a while. Um, can you just talk about the general importance uh, of special teams for the overall success of a team, and especially now you guys are trying to maybe replace what Alec does on the special teams, and how how difficult that will be? Well, you know, special teams in this league are really it's personnel driven, and people talk about the bottom of your roster. We really talk about the glue guys. You know, the guys that kind of hold the offense and defense together. They're the ones in the middle. And um, so when you lose key players, you lose a Derek Carrier, you lose Nick Kwiatkowski, now we lose Alec Ingold, who certainly, you know, again, he was our captain. He was kind of our energy, energy bunny out there and could play on multiple positions for us when someone else got banged up. But we like to think that we're the glue that kind of holds things together. We're, we're, we're the infantry. We have to gain ground. You know, it's the last play of offense on punt because we have the ball, but it transitions into the first play of defense for us. So our number one job in, in coverage is to set our defense. And our number one job in the return game is to set our offense. That's our job. So when we do it well, we usually have favorable field position to give us a chance to go down and score. And when we do it well in the punt game, we usually set our defense where they have to go the long field. When we don't do it well, consequently, you give them a short field to play on. And consequently, you give your offense a long field to try to go score. So it's, it's the glue. And when it, when it works well, it's, it's advantageous to you in the game. And when it doesn't, it puts you behind the eight ball. Who taught AJ to tackle? Well, I mean, we, you know, been playing punter a long time. And we work on tackling here. Every position learns how to tackle. Um, you, um, you, had, you said about the run game, we, we, you went for over 100 against Philly and the Giants and came back last week. Might have had a lot to do with the score, obviously, in the second half. But have you put your finger on things that you can get more of a consistent run game from week to week? Well, I think collectively we're looking at what we did in the game, you know, what we called and when we called it. I think individually we're looking at, you know, where were some of our problems and um, what was the hand placement like? What was the body placement like of the lineman? And then when we got behind, it became a little bit more, certainly towards the end, a little bit of a two-minute game. And then, you know, uncharacteristically of us, I think we had five drives in the first half of seven plays or less. And when you do that, now you're putting your defense back on the field. You know, we look at they played, I think, 80 plays in the game. So um, did they have part of that? Certainly they had part of it as well. But when you're going three and outs or you're going five and outs or you're going six and outs and you're putting your defense back on the field, um, you know, puts them in bad position. But we just could not seem to get the running game going. We couldn't come up. I think we had one explosive run, and it really was probably a 12-yard run, not a 16-yard-plus run. So we just didn't do a good enough job of getting the – the run game going in this particular game. Again, we I thought we ran the ball pretty well in New York, and we came back, and I thought we got you know we got it handed to us a little bit here. And then we were playing from behind the majority of the game, try to get ourselves in position to score points. So um, they go hand in hand to some degree, and hopefully we'll be a little bit better this week. Rich, uh, this is a league where guys get better, and and it's almost not easy, but you can see you know an offensive lineman getting better, a quarterback getting better, wide receiver. But AJ Cole is having a much better year this year compared to last year. How does a punter uh, get better, and what's behind maybe his improvements? Well, AJ's gotten stronger, first and foremost, from when he first came here. The other thing I think that AJ does a great job of is he understands where we are on the field and what he wants to hit. You know, not, It's not only the red zone or the fringe red zone. What's he going to hit when he's on the right hash? What's the difference when he plays in our stadium compared to when we're playing outdoors where the wind is a factor? 
um, some of those things. And then, you know, who's playing on the outside for us has a lot to do with the coverage uh, for A.J. as well. But I just think his, um, his brain of what he's going to do, um, where he gets on the field, what he wants to hit. And he's, he's perfected some other kicks. You know, he's, we've got all kinds of names for him, from flops to bananas to fats to all, all kinds of names for the kicks. But he's done a good job of perfecting some other kicks as well. So. All right, so that's Rich Passaccia. Uh, there's much more to that. You can find it on all of the Raider social media sites on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, and especially Raiders.com, where I'll be recording a new podcast. We did our four-part series on Tom Flores. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Really proud of that. Please download it and share. It is a four-part series on Tom Flores, including the last episode that I sat down with Coach. And really proud of that work. That's the type of podcast I always wanted to do. Now, I'm all for, hey, take the first hour of the show and put it up on a podcast, whatever. People listen or not. But this is something I really want people to listen to. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Wherever you download your podcast. So we did four with Coach Flores' life. And now we're on to the next four about Charles Woodson's life. And the first episode was with Eric Allen. And the other ones are coming. And when we have them, I can tell you about it. So wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, wherever you go, once a Raider, always a Raider. And those podcasts will live forever. And I'm really happy about a legacy play with that because you know, 20 years from now, people will be able to listen to the four-part series on Woodson and Flores. That's why we're doing it for you, the Raider Nation. But you got to click on and listen. i got a podcast with Tom Looney I'm real proud of. doesn't matter unless you listen and download it. People are trying to figure out how podcasting works. Some podcasts are really good. Not a lot of people listen to them. So what you got to do is you got to look at the podcast, subscribe, click, listen, and share, and we'd greatly appreciate that. Thanks to Bobby who put the show together. Tim Brown was great. Bill Williamson, Steph McKenzie, who joined us, and we got big shows lined up tomorrow. Uh, my buddy James Smitty Smith will join us to preview the fight. Uh, boxing this weekend. You better believe that. Raider fans or boxing fans, I know that. See a lot of Raider Nation at these fights. Porter versus Crawford Saturday night at Mandalay Bay. And whatever else, my conversation with the coach tomorrow for television. And this week I step in for Aaron Coscarelli and I also anchor the Silver and Black show on TV. Well, you can also find that at Raiders.com. So busy next couple of days. Always appreciate you listening, everybody. Thanks for being here. And thanks for listening because you're the backbone of Raider Nation right here on the flagship. Have a great day. Q was out at practice in the facility. I'm sure he'll have a lot to say as we keep it going all week long and hopefully a win against Cincinnati on the flagship.